Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. So I want you to go to your Bibles, go to the book of Romans chapter 1. Go to Romans chapter 1. As you're going there, look at the person sitting next to you and tell them, I am so glad to be sitting next to you this morning. Smile at somebody next to you. On the chats, let us know where you're watching from. Look at option number two on the other side, the person you didn't want to turn to the first time around, and tell them you're sitting next to the best looking person here today. Say that with some confidence. Come on, our 11 a.m. is alive today, electric. I got Ray in the, in the front row, so I'm good. Romans chapter 1, we picked these verses as the base verses for our series. And if you weren't here for some of the weeks of this series, I want you to underline them, highlight them. We're going to put them up on the screen if you don't have a Bible. In fact, if you want a Bible, we got Bibles that we can give you afterwards. Our dream team can also give you a Bible. If you're watching online, we're going to put it up on the screens. But go to Romans chapter 1. Go down to verse 21. This is the Apostle Paul writing this. We're going to read just a couple verses. Then we'll talk about them and uh, what it has to do with relationship. Down to verse 21. If you're there, can you say amen? The Word of God says this. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Verse 24, therefore God, he gave them up to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. You can underline that, highlight that. We exchange truth for lies and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen i love what paul is talking about here right at the beginning of the book of romans and out of these verses we did this series four lies that destroy relationships four lies that destroy relationships and i think a lot of us can allow things into our life into our minds into our hearts into our spirit that will destroy relationships in our life today i want to talk to you from this title shame game shame game and we're going to talk about the lie of shame and how that comes to destroy our relationship with god how that comes to destroy our relationship with one another If you weren't here week one, we talked about the lie of foolishness. Uh, Romans says they were fools and they exchanged that lie, the truth, for that lie. Basically, God is not real. I don't believe his word. I don't think he said this. And that's the lie of foolishness. That would destroy all kinds of relationships. Week two, we talked about the lie of pride. Basically saying, okay, maybe I acknowledge God's word is true, but I I think I have a little bit more understanding and I'm going to try things my way. 
you do it your way in relationships, eventually you'll find out it will not pay off. That's the lie of pride. Uh, last week, Pastor Phil preached an incredible message, who, by the way, is a brand new father and Danny, a brand new mother. They welcomed baby Eden Luna this past week. And so if they're watching online, we love you guys. And uh, we love baby Eden Luna already. He talked about the lie of loneliness. And that will come to destroy relationships really quick. Today, I want to talk about the lie of shame. We're going to talk about this for maybe about 25 minutes. And then we'll worship God together one more time and have an incredible Sunday. Amen. Come on, why don't we close our eyes, bow our heads. Let's ask God to bless us here today. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your community. Thank you for this church. God, whether here or online, wherever people are watching, all across Calvary Church online, across different locations, God, we thank you so much for your good love, for your grace, for your mercy. Thank you for loving people like us. There's nothing we could do to earn it, deserve it, but you have been good and faithful to us. We love you. God, I pray that today you will heal hearts. I pray that today you will lift up heads. I pray that today we would know you better and see you better. I pray that wherever people are today, Holy Spirit, you would minister to them. You would break chains off. You would heal souls, lives by the power of your word. We thank you, God, and we love you. And it is in the name of Jesus that all of God's people say, Amen. Oh, come on, all of God's people say, Amen. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. Have you ever experienced a fall? Have you ever fallen down? As soon as I ask that, I think all of us have different experiences. Perhaps maybe we've fallen down a flight of stairs. I know a friend of mine recently did. Maybe you've fallen at a workplace or at home. I've shared this story before, but several years ago, I was working with my father. Me and my dad were working, and it was late into the night. And uh, we were about to finish the job. We were working on this building, and we had to get on the roof one last time. And while my dad is finishing packing up, I told my dad, Papi, tranquilo, I'll take care of it. I'll go up on the ladder. And it was a little bit high. I had to be up about 30 feet up in the air on the ladder. This is before I was afraid of heights. Now I'm going through therapy for it. But I went up on the ladder like nothing. And we forgot to secure the ladder. I forgot to secure the ladder. And while I was up there finishing something on the roof with my feet still on the ladder, the ladder went out from under me and I fell from 30 feet in the air. I landed on the ladder. Thankfully, the ladder broke my fall and I didn't land on the asphalt, but I still had a fractured elbow and a fractured ankle because when you fall, it can break you. Thank God I didn't land on the asphalt and I landed on the ladder because what you land on also matters. I was reading an article this week and it was talking about how to survive falls physical falls, if you were to fall, how do you survive them? The article shared a story of an American pilot that flew in World War II, and this pilot came under heavy gunfire, and his plane caught on fire, and he was trying to find out how he can survive because the plane was going down. He ended up going down to the hatchet part of the plane. Somehow, by a mistake, he fell out of the plane. No parachute, no safety. He was 20,000 feet in the air falling without nothing. Out of panic, out of fear, because of the height, he actually became unconscious on the way down. And God had a miracle in his life because he crashed through the glass roof of a train station that broke his fall. Underneath 
the roof. There were some structures that helped him break his fall. So his impact was not that hard. His name was Alan McGee, and he survived a 20,000-foot fall from the sky. Because what you land on is important. In other words, what you land on can help you survive a fall. I'll put it this way. You can fall and not be a failure. You can fall and it not be fatal. Today I want to talk about falling because I think at one point or another, all of us will fall. I'm not talking about physical now. I'm talking about spiritual. Are you following me? All of us will fall in one way or another. We will fall in sin. We will make mistakes. We will fail in our following after Jesus. We will fall. And you better make sure you fall in the right place. Otherwise, the fall can break you. But I believe that there's a way that you can fall in a right place, in the grace of God, so that the fall will not be a failure, but it'll be a learning lesson for you to get back on your feet and go after all that God has for you. But all of us will fall. In fact, I was reading the article, and at the very end of the article, the author said this, how to survive a fall? At the very end, he just says, well, the greatest tip I can give you is don't fall. And like, well, that's, that's pretty obvious. Don't fall. Absolutely. If you don't want to uh, be broken by a fall, don't fall. But I thought it was very interesting because it's very true in the spiritual life as well. Because I think a lot of us, we, we're grateful for God's grace. And I love, I'm a grace guy. I love God's grace. I'm thankful. But we have to be careful not to abuse God's grace. And all of a sudden, we play with sin in our life because God will forgive me and God is there and he'll pick me back up. Be careful not to fall on purpose because you're playing too close to the fire. Play too close to the fire, you will end up burned. And with sin, you can't play with sin because sin is complex. Sin will trick you and sin will entice you, but then sin will enslave you. And here's the problem with sin. It will entice you and then it will enslave you. And it will keep you in a cycle of thinking that you are a failure. Thinking that you have caused something that has caused too much damage that God can't heal. God can't pick you up. God can't save you from. The devil is a liar. John writes in his, in his book, 1 John, he says, My brother, I pray that you do not sin. Don't fall. But if you fall, we have an advocate with God who is Christ Jesus. Anybody thankful for Christ Jesus? Come on, he's our lawyer. He's our advocate. He stands before the Father and he intercedes on our behalf. But sin will entice you. Sin will draw you out of your relationship with God and say, come play with fire. And the Bible says we're all drawn away by our own lust. In other words, all of us have something on the inside that he tries to bait us from. For some, it may be money. For some, it may be lust. For some, it may be lying. For some, it may be gossip. But we all have something that draws us away and causes us to fall into sin. All of us deal with sin. And I think it's easy to walk into a place like this and be like, well, I, I'm, I'm dealing with so much in my life. You would never understand that. The people that worship or stand or preach from a platform, they would never know what I'm dealing with. Can I tell you, we all are enticed by our own sin. Yeah. In fact, I heard a story this week of three pastors who started talking about their own sin. They were hanging out and one pastor, he, after some time, decides to share his heart with the other two pastors 
And the pastor says, oh, I'm going to ask you guys to pray for me because I have a real serious problem with gambling. And uh, when my family's away, I go down to the casino and I spend all my money and it's brought trouble on my family. Pray for me. Uh, the sin of gambling, it's really killing my relationship. The second pastor is like, well, if we're going to start confessing, I'll bear my heart. Can you pray for me? I, I have a serious, serious sin of drinking. And I drink to the point of getting drunk and I lose my mind. Nobody knows when I go away, I have a serious problem of drinking. The pastors are all sharing and they're bearing their heart because they fail and they know that they've fallen. They notice the third guy is not talking too much and the third guy stays quiet for a while and they're wondering if he's gonna share what he struggles with. And after some time, he's like, well, I just have to be really, really honest with you guys. I, I struggle a lot with gossip. And I just can't wait to get out of this room. <laughs> All of us deal with something. And because your sin might look different than somebody else's sin, doesn't mean you are perfect or somebody else is wrong. We all sin, but we have an advocate with the Father named Christ Jesus. He's a good God. He's an awesome God. And he's here to forgive and pick us back up. And today, as we talk about shame, there are some of us that think that people know about our sin or God may be mad at us because of our sin. And the enemy is playing the shame game with you and not letting you lift up your head or go after God after all that he has because you feel embarrassed by your fall. There are people listening today, watching today, you feel like you destroyed your family because you fell. You feel like you destroyed relationships in your life because perhaps you allowed a, gr a grudge to come into your heart, unforgiveness to come into your heart, Perhaps you allowed anger or a bad attitude to lash out at friends. And today you are friendless. Today you are familyless. Today your marriage has dissolved. And you're saying, I fell, I've fallen, I've messed up. And shame is holding you captive. And the enemy, this is what he loves to do. He loves to play the shame game. And we walk into places like this or we're connected online. You're saying, today I can't worship. Everybody else, I see them with their hands lifted, but I can't sing today because if people only knew what I've done. Oh, I can't pray to God because God must be so upset at me. God must be mad at me. You're on the other side of a divorce. You're on the other side of a failure. You're on the other side of relationships being broken. And the enemy is playing the shame game with so many believers today across the globe. Because if he can't kill you, he wants you sidelined. Not following your purpose, not following your call. But I came to tell you today that grace restores what shame destroys. There's a good God. He's an awesome God. And today he wants to tell you he forgives you. He loves you. Come on, by the blood of Jesus, we have been forgiven. He wants to put you back in place. Anybody grateful for that grace of God? Come on, he's a good God. He's an awesome God. He's a God who picks us up, makes you new, and puts you on the road to destiny. It's time to to move forward. Don't allow the lies of the enemy to hold you captive anymore. From today on, say no to the shame game. Say yes to God's grace. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman by the grace of God. Come on, there is grace for you today. Can I get an amen? amen. Don't allow the enemy to make you live like a prisoner when you are a child of the king. Paul is writing about the way we exchange the truth of God for lies of the enemy. 
In the book of Romans, he's writing to a society that has lost their minds. The Christians, the believers in Rome were living amongst people who were up to no good. They were, this was Las Vegas on steroids. And he's writing to them more from a sexual, lustful perspective because they, ex they exchanged the truth about their bodies. They exchanged the truth about their sexuality for lies, which by the way, is happening today in our world. The same way we've accepted those lies, we've also accepted the lie of foolishness. He says, you became fools. You say there is no God and so you follow your own path. That will destroy relationships. You've exchanged the truth of God's word for pride. And all of a sudden you want to do things your way. That will destroy all kinds of relationships. You've exchanged it for loneliness, forgetting that God is there. He's with you. And you have a community of people that are there and want to help you out as well. And then you've exchanged the truth about God's grace for the lie of shame. And all of us have fallen for the lie of shame one day or another. Feeling like I, I can't worship God. There's no way God can use me. I can't join dream team. There's no way I can go to connect group. I've, I've made too many mistakes. And we've fallen and we feel like it's fatal. We feel like there's no way, there's not a brand new opportunity for me. My days are long behind me, my family's gone, my situation can't be fixed, and it's a lie from the enemy. Because this is what the enemy comes to do. Week one, we started talking about the lies from Satan. How many know he's the father of lies? He is the father of life. In fact, we went all the way to the very beginning. Week one of this series, we went to the book of Genesis, and we said that the first thing Satan said was a lie. He didn't say, how are you, Adam and Eve? I hope you're doing well. How's your day in the Garden of Eden? He didn't say, how's everything in your life? No, he says, did God really say that? The first thing that comes out of the enemy's mouth is a lie. There's some of you that are sitting here today. You're not hearing anything else but the voice of a liar. And he's in your mind. He's in your heart. And he's telling you you're no good. He's telling you there's no new opportunity. That's the voice of Satan, the father of lies. I pray that today you hear the voice of heaven. And he comes and he says, did God really say that? And we know the story. Adam and Eve, they fell. By the way, Genesis chapter 3 is known as the fall of mankind. They fell, and when they fall, the enemy begins to shame game with them, and they feel ashamed. They find out they're naked, they find out they've fallen, and they go and hide. But I love that Genesis says that God comes looking for them. God is an initiator of relationships. Look at this, Genesis chapter 3 verse 9, it says, but the Lord God he called to man and he said to him, where are you? Look at your neighbor and tell him, where are you? <laughs> Come on, where are you? This is what I love about God. Adam and Eve have fallen. They've messed up and they go and they hide from God. But God comes down to the garden of Eden. And he's like, Adam, Eve, hey, where, where are you guys? Adam, Adam. <laughs> Where, where are you, God? You know what I love about God? God is always the initiator seeking out mankind. Today, some of us, we're in here thinking or we're connected and we're saying, there's no way God wants anything to do with me. I, I want you to hear the voice of heaven today saying, he's calling your name. He's looking for you. 
Why we have a relationship with, with God is because he initiated a relationship with us. He was the first one to call. He was the first one to look. He was the first one to come after us. We are not the initiator of relationships. It is God who initiated. He brings the Holy Spirit into our heart and something on the inside says, I need God. I need more of him. And you called on him because he tapped on your shoulder and says, I have great plans for you. I have awesome things for you. God is the initiator of relationships. We're not the initiators. God is. God is the first one to text. God is the first one to call. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who was telling me about a girl he liked. I'm like, call her. By the way, we got a new generation of men who don't know how to initiate relationships. I'm including myself now in the older generation, which is weird. You like somebody, call them, talk to them. Come on, older man, we got to teach some of these young guys. Call her, ask her out on a date, go for coffee. I'm waiting on the Lord. The Lord ain't going to bring coffee and put it there. Take a shower, brush your grill, put on cologne, and invite her out today. I did that and my, my wife just fell in love. Like she doesn't leave me alone. All I did was initiate it. She doesn't leave me alone. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You gotta, there has to be some action. And the action was on God's behalf. He came down to the Garden of Eden. He knew exactly where they were. He knew exactly what was going on. But he comes down into the garden and he says, where are you? Today some of us were embarrassed, were ashamed because we've messed up. We've lied, we've cheated, we've been addicted, we've fallen, we've been broken. And I want you to hear the voice of heaven saying, where are you? Where are you? I'm still looking for you. I still got plans and purposes for your life. Where are you? Who, who told you that? Who lied to you? Who told you I'm over you? Who told you I want nothing to do with you? The devil is a liar. Do not fall into that shame game. Because God always initiates relationships. And today he's calling your name. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're dealing with, but he's calling your name. Genesis chapter 3, the following verse says that Adam, this is how he replied. Verse 10, if we could put it up. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. And he said, well, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God is looking while we're hiding. Adam says, I heard the sound of you. I was afraid, so I ran. Some, some of us today, we hear the sound of heaven. We're around the sound of God. We're around worship. We're around prayer. And instead of coming out from hiding, we go more into hiding. Well, because this, this God can't be that good, so I go hiding. Can I tell you, God is not like humanity that puts you down when you fail. You don't have to be afraid of God. I want to make that very clear. You don't have to be afraid of God. Maybe somebody has known how you've messed up in the past and they've thrown it in your face They say look at your failure. Look at how you failed. You've been an addict. You went through divorce Look at all you did. Look at your bad temper. I can't believe you cheated. I can't believe you lied God doesn't throw stuff in your face If there's anybody to run and hide from it is not God He's a good father who comes looking to heal to restore to save to pick us back up Come on. That's the God that we have. I don't have to run from him I run to him today. He's a good God. And so today, if there's anybody to run from, it is not God. He said, I was afraid, so I hid. God is calling us out from our hiding places. Today, you don't have to hide from God's grace. The grace of God comes to pick us up, restore us, and put us back on the road to his calling, purpose, and destiny for our life.
we got to wrap up. There's, there's not too much time, but I'll finish with this. God begins a conversation with Adam and Eve. And the first thing he tells them in Genesis chapter 3 is, well, well, who lied to you? Who told you you were naked? And then he says, did you eat out of what I told you not to eat? Because a good father doesn't just tell you what you could do. A good father tells you what not to do. That's right. Basically, he's saying, well, did you do what I told you not to do? And so I'm, I'm a grace guy. I love God's grace, but let's not abuse God's grace. Right. It cost him his blood. And so I think one of the things we need to do today to not fall into the shame game is also avoid shame by number one, examining ourselves. Well, where am I? What have I done? And own up to perhaps some of the things we have done. Are you following me, church? Yes. God, the Father is like, yeah, I, I love you, but, but did you do what I told you not to do? Did you eat from the tree I told you not to eat from? And I think that's very interesting because God had given them a whole lot of liberty. But he had put some boundaries. And we talked about this and we too. Boundaries and parameters are there for our own health. And I think I was talking about this with a friend a few months ago. I, I feel like the church of God around the world, we, we've, we've loved God's grace to the point that we've left holiness behind. Like, like God is a God of love. And yes, he is. He's amazing. But he's also a holy God that can't be mocked. And so, are we living lives of holiness? And we were saying, men across the world, what is happening? There's so many of us teaching, preaching, singing, worshiping, praying, leading, yet on purpose, falling and messing around with sin. Lying, cheated, addicted. Couples aren't married and they go on vacations together. The back of the day, I grew up in the old church. Like, don't play with God. Don't play with sin. But now we abuse sin. And then we deal with the consequences later. Because sin is like quicksand. It will trap you and it will keep you. Sin entices you, then it enslaves you. Sin is fun for a little while. But after that little while, it will keep you in a prison. Nobody's saying sin is not fun. Anybody had sin? Anybody have fun sinning? Anybody? Oh, there doesn't. Oh, now, you're, now you want to act all holy. And I, I never liked sin, Alex. I never liked it. It was, no, not good. I never, oh, you love sin. Sin is fun, but then it enslaves you. And then comes the shame game. You think you're getting away with certain things. You think you're living life how you want to, your feelings, your emotions, what I want to do. But the good father is saying there's consequences I'm trying to keep you from. I love what Paul says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourself, says Paul, to see whether you are in the faith. He says, test yourself otherwise how, how are you living man if I'm dealing with shame and embarrassment if the enemy's been playing the shame game with me maybe I keep tripping and I keep falling because I've been playing too much examine yourself he starts talking to Adam and Eve he's, did you eat from the tree I told you not to eat from and then he begins to discipline and correct them and there's some consequences they're facing we love to talk about chapter 3, but we skip the part of discipline and correction. We don't want to talk about it. But the Bible says that a good, good father disciplines his children. Because what he wants is that he wants us to grow and mature in our walk. I think number one, we've got to examine ourselves. Number two, we've got to make changes in our life. Are you with me, church? 
Like, I think, I think we can't be in a relationship with God for 20 years and have no growth. Like, there needs to be changes in our life. And, and God is trying to get Adam and Eve to wake up and say, the enemy lied to you and he has you hidden. And now you need to correct some errors in your life so that you can continue to move forward with the plan that I have for you. But I need to correct some things in your life. I need you to acknowledge there are some things you need to make changes in on the inside. Some of us, if we don't want to deal with shame or embarrassment again, we we maybe need to make some changes in our attitude, maybe in the way we treat one another. Maybe if we've been the fathers who are too busy, too isolated, not spending time with family or children, maybe I'm going to make some changes in 2022. Maybe I've been the spouse that has been flirting too much or or texting people I shouldn't. I'm going to make some changes in 2022 because I don't want to fall into the shame game with the enemy when the consequences come. Maybe I've been holding anger, resentment, bitterness, and I've allowed it to grow a root of bitterness in my heart. I don't want to be that person five years from now. So I'm going to make some corrections in my life. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, Peter writes, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace. We have to be growing in our daily walk to look more like him, to be holy like him, to love like him, talk like him, think like him. God, I want you to help me grow. How to avoid failures or fatalities from a fall? Don't fall. (laughs) Nice, good article. I'm going to do everything I can to be as holy. The Bible says, be holy as he is holy. God, I know you want changes in my life. and I'm going to try to look more like you every day. And it doesn't come from trying harder and and it requires all the strength. It comes from trusting in the grace of God. It's not based on my strength. It's based on his strength. I'm going to ask the team to come up, the band to come up. And we're going to close with this last thing. Number one, examine yourself. God, how have I been? Maybe I've been too close to the fire. Maybe I've been messing around. God, help me to look more like you, think like you, love like you. Number two, I'm going to make changes in my life, God, because I know I can't continue down this same pattern and then let sin enslave me with the consequences of shame, guilt. I need to make changes in my life. And then number three, why don't you receive the help that God wants to give you? Because shame, it causes you to hide. And perhaps some of us are hiding today, but what we don't know is that God comes to help us. The voice of heaven does not come to call you out and embarrass you. God was not walking through the Garden of Eden to say, Adam, Eve, come forward. Everybody look at them now. Failures. Every deer, every bird, every fish, look at them. Failures. Like that's not who God is. God doesn't call us out to embarrass us. God calls us out to cover us. The Bible says that on that day in Genesis chapter 3, he took the the, the skin off the sheep and he grabbed skins from animals and he covered Adam and Eve when they were naked and ashamed and guilty. In fact, Genesis chapter 3 is a pre-Christ figure of seeing what the Redeemer was going to do thousands of years later. Because when Jesus came as the Lamb of God to die on a cross, it's so that the day of tomorrow when we fall and we're in shame, we are covered by the Lamb of God. He covers us. His grace comes to redeem us, to cover us, to lift us up, to say you are not naked and ashamed. You are covered by grace. Today, have you fallen into the shame game? 
Today, have you allowed the enemy to say, stay hidden from God? A pastor or a leader calls you, hey, you should join my connect group. No, I can't be in your connect group. Everybody in the connect group is going to think I'm crazy. You don't know what I've done in my life. I've messed up royally. If you only knew what everybody was dealing with in there. Hey, join Dream Team. Help set up Sundays before everybody comes in here. No, I can't be on Dream Team. I've messed up too much. There's no way God wants anything to do with me. Today, can you receive the help of God? To come out from hiding and say, God, I receive your grace. It's a free gift, but you got to receive the gift. The grace of God is here for you. It loves you. It wants to pick you up. It wants to put you on the call and purpose for your life. Don't allow the lies from the enemy to keep you hidden, enslaved forever. I'll share this last scripture. I absolutely love this scripture. I think it's beautiful. It's true. And I hope it sets us free today. Psalm chapter 34 verses 4 through 5 the psalmist writes this I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed come on I love that today I want to tell you it doesn't matter where you've been it doesn't matter what you've done if you call on him, he will make your face shine like the sun. You don't have to hide in embarrassment. You don't have to hide in shame. You put your head up high. You hold it up high because you are a child of God. Your face will shine like the sun and it will never, ever be ashamed. God goes before you. God goes behind you. God, he surrounds you. God has a future for you. That's the God that we have. He's a good God. Come on, can we lift up his name? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Come on, I want us to stand up on our feet. With every eye closed, with every hand raised, Father, we thank you. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for loving us, God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, God, that you give us a new opportunity each and every single day. Hallelujah, we worship you. Hallelujah, we thank you. Come on, can we worship him one more time? Can we sing it out with all we got? Father, you're a good God, and you love us with all of your heart, and you give us a new grace and a brand new day. Thank you, Jesus. I surrender, I need you.
Cause your grace, it holds me now. And your grace holds me now. Healed and forgiven. Healed and forgiven. Look where my chains are now. Death has no hold on me. And your grace holds me now. Healed and forgiven. I really believe that the Spirit of God is in this place. There's people that you've been hiding for a long time. You've been hiding for God's call for your life, God's purpose for your life. Maybe there's something that happened in your past that has kept you full of shame, embarrassment. You tried to move forward and you've tried to receive God's grace and at times it looked like you have. But the enemy keeps lying to you and keeps playing this game with you. There's some of you today that you think that what's happening in your family is your fault. You messed up. It was something having to do with your temper, your attitude, your mess up, your cheating, your addiction. And the enemy's almost holding you like hostage. And he holds it over your head like, well, remember what you did. And it's been five years, 10 years, 15, it's been 23 years and you, you still have this thing over your head. I just wanna tell you today, that's not who God is. And that's not the voice of heaven for your life. He'll come and and he'll, he'll give you boundaries and parameters and, and there'll be consequences, but then he covers you with grace. And he comes to cover you so that you can move forward today freely in the grace of God. And so today, if that's you, if you're saying, Alex, I've been dealing with shame, with guilt. I felt like I, I, there's no way I can start again. There's no way God can use me. There's no way I can restore my family or, or start a brand new family or relationships, friendships because of shame that keeps hanging over your head today I believe God wants to heal that in Jesus name with every eye closed or with every head bowed if that's you can you just raise your hand where you're at nobody looking around just raise your hand you're saying today I want God to heal me I'm done playing this game of shame with the enemy hands raised up all over this place in fact why don't we raise up both hands if that's you raise up both hands we're asking the Holy Spirit to free us today. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, God, that you're a God of new beginnings, that you're a God who frees us, saves us, heals us. God, you know each and every single person in this auditorium and connected online, you know exactly what people are dealing with. God, I pray that today you would heal people and set them free in the name of Jesus. Every lie hanging over their head, every lie trying to keep them hidden in prison and enslaved we rebuke it in the name of Jesus and we break the lie of the enemy that power that wants to hold us captive and we say that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus we thank you for the blood we thank you for the cross we thank you for forgiveness we thank you for new mercies and new compassions that are made new each 
and every single day. We thank you that there is no shame in your grace, that there are new beginnings, that there are new days, new opportunities, new purpose. In Jesus' name, be set free. In the name of Jesus, be set free. You're free. You're free. Be, be set free from that lie today. Be set free from every lie the enemies wanted to hold you captive with. Grace is yours. Forgiveness is yours. Everything God has for you is yours in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Be free. Whenever your eye closed, every head bowed, we're leaving in just a moment. If you're here today and you say, Alex, the biggest relationship that's been broken is my relationship with God. And you say, I know there's no way that God can love me. I got sin in my life and I know I've messed up too much. I've done wrong. I've done things that nobody knows about. Whatever your eye closed, every head bowed. We're leaving in just a second. The Bible says all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. And our sin separates us from God. God is love, but he can't be with sin. And so sin comes and it creates a barrier between us and God. But the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus came down and he grabbed my sin, your sin. He grabbed all of our mistakes, all of our faults. And the Bible says that Jesus went up on the cross and he died for the sins of the world. The Bible says that he went up on the cross and he gave up his life. Sin should have killed us. It should have been us, but Jesus took our place. Sin has a heavy price. It's called death. And Jesus says, you don't have to die. I'll take death for you. Jesus died in our place. The Bible says he went down to a grave for three days, but after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. He died for you, then he resurrected so that you can have life and life forevermore. That's why believers, we're not scared of death. We know it's just a doorway to eternal life. He died the ultimate death so that you and I could have life. Today, if that's you, with every eye closed, every head bowed, in a moment of privacy, in a moment of prayer, come on, this dream team is praying, pastors are praying. If you're here today and you say, Alex, I don't know Jesus, but I want a relationship with God. I'm going to start brand new. I want forgiveness for my sins. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. I just want to see who I'm praying for, and then you can put it right back down. If you're saying, I need Jesus. I want a relationship with God. I need forgiveness for my sins. At the count of three, why don't you hold your hands up for just a few seconds. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can, as high as you can. God bless you. 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 You, you, you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Amazing, amazing. Hands raised up everywhere. If you're watching online, you can raise your hand right there. God sees you taking that step of faith. Come on, why don't we say a prayer together? We're confessing Jesus as Lord. All of you who raise your hand, I want you to say this out loud with all you got. In fact, the whole church, come on, it's one big family. And then I'm going to ask if uh, Pastor John can come up here and talk to us about a Bible and a free gift that we have. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, Come on, why don't we pray this together out loud. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior from today on. I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. For everybody who just made that decision, 
Thank you so much. Hey, if you just made that decision, first of all, I just wanna let you know you just made the greatest decision of your entire life. From this moment on, you now know that you are not walking this life alone. You are not by yourself, but you have the God who created you, the God who knows how many hairs are on top of your hand, the God who knows every single thing that you've gone through and still loves you. And he's right by your side. He goes behind you, before you, and beside you. And so just know that not only that, but he's placed you into a community, into a family that's gonna embrace you always throughout the way. But hey, if you did make that decision, we also wanna give you a free gift in this place. And so we have an amazing team outside and we wanna give you one of these. This is just a Bible. This is more than just a book that you read, but we believe that this is the literal mouth of God. When you open this book, you are literally hearing what God has to say, but the problem is sometimes we leave it closed. We're leaving the mouth of God closed in our life, but we wanna get you one of these to make sure you can hear from God. It is the best thing you can do right after making this decision. And so make sure you get one of these. Our team wants to bless you with one of these. Thank you so much. But come on, one more time. Can we make some noise for everybody who just made that decision? I would love to challenge you. If you made that decision today, don't just let this be a one-time thing. Come back next week. And then come back the next week after that. And maybe sometimes you're gonna be discouraged and you're gonna be like, oh, I made this decision to follow Jesus. My life isn't perfect. It's not always gonna be. But there's something about knowing that you have some protection, that you have the savior of the world behind you that just makes life a little bit more, just better to get through throughout your weekend. So come on again, one more time. Let's just make some noise. One last time for everybody who made that decision. I would love to leave here praying one more time. So church, I'm asking if we could just lift up our hands one last time. So Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the message that we heard, God. We pray over the shame game, God. The enemy's gonna try to bring shame over our lives, but shame does not have to creep in anymore, God. Shame doesn't have to take over our lives anymore, God, because we are forgiven and doesn't mean that we abuse the grace that you've given us, but it means that we can walk into it confidently and we can turn away from what we've done in our own lives and we live free because you cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, God. And as we worship you one more time, we lift you up, God, and we give you all of our shame, all of our guilt. Lord, we love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. All church says, amen, amen. Let's sing this out one more time, church. Come on.